1: Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Like I said last hour, this is not just any Friday. This is a very special Friday, and I kicked off last hour with a little song that goes like this. In case you missed it, I thought I might uh, <clears throat> do do a little repeat, a little, uh, um, not part do, but uh, here we go. From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, we will fight our nation's battles In the air, on land, and sea. But that's not actually even my favorite verse. I think my favorite verse goes a little like this. If the Army and the Navy ever look on heaven's scenes, they will see the streets are guarded by United States Marines. It is the 248th birthday of my beloved us marines and it's also the night before veterans day and so we're actually dedicating tonight's show to all the veterans out there and coming up in a moment is one of my favorite veterans of all time she's not just brilliant And she's not just beautiful, but she's actually she is somebody that might use five inch heels for some ammunition, and actually know what she's doing with it. But before I bring her in, I've got to bring in my sidekick every night of the week. Here it is, of course, DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon, like a dungeon dragon, high heat.
2: Sesame Broccolini.
3: You know, I, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but Gavin Newsom has just gotten wind of these uh, ammunition heels, and he's already <laughs> working on legislation to outlaw assault high heels. So there you go. Nope
1: you know what if anybody would cook up don't be giving him ideas man because if anybody <laughs> would come up with something crazy like that that it would be gavin Mussolini, but on a serious tip speaking of one of my favorite marines it is the one the only jesse jane duff gunnery sergeant retired jesse jane duff and she joins me now hello my dear Oh, it is
2: so motivating to hear you sing the Marine hymn, but I have to stand up and stand at the position of attention when you do that. So Uh, (laughs) thank you. It is such a thrill. We're 248 years old and we are still the first to fight. And our nation can only be grateful for all of the battles that these Marines have gone into over the time of history that have Mm -hmm. basically given our nation the very freedom that so many Mm -hmm. today tragically take advantage of but the core is just one of those institutions that even as though some may criticize some of the changes and things that they don't agree with at the end it's still the premier and the elite it's the hardest branch to accomplish for three months and also has some of the highest test scores that are required to get in when they say the few the proud they are not kidding
1: Yeah. In fact, it's funny. I was talking last hour, Jesse Jane Duff, JJD, that uh, somebody asked me today, why is it that Marines don't like being called soldiers? (laughs) (laughs) Because Um, they're in the
2: Army. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, it's I don't know, but it's even,
1: more than that. it's even more than the fact that we call this branch, you know, the Navy, this branch, the airmen. I mean, there is a hardcore difference between the institutions of the Army and the Marines. It doesn't mean that I don't love the Army, by the way. Um, but to me, uh, the Marines will always be the premier in part because both my parents were Marines. Um, but there is a difference in terms of what has happened historically. And uh, so it's just I'm, I'm proud. Proud to be the daughter of two Marines, and that is the first song I ever learned to play on my little organ, and I still to this oh, day. Oh, how remember- adorable! Thank you. That's remember adorable. all the words. Um, I'm glad you're on tonight, not just because I get to celebrate you as we are celebrating all veterans in advance of tomorrow's Veterans Day, but when I'm seeing craziness, Jesse Jane Duff, like a Congresswoman Cori Bush demanding not just a humanitarian pause. For four hours, but a full ceasefire on the part of Israel, and then trying to compare it to the Ferguson, what's called the uprising. Remember Ferguson back with the lie oh of hands goodness. up, don't shoot, which caused Ferguson, uh you know, Missouri to be burned down. I want to play this clip, Sesame Roccolini, If you can play this clip of Corey Bush, and then I want to get Jessie Jane Duff's, our military hero of the night, uh, get her reaction, Sesame. The idea that we get a break for four hours,
2: a break so that we can have food. I saw someone spoke about it and they said, thank you for giving us raisins for a few hours. And then do we go back to bombing? No. Four hours. We don't want four hours. We don't want 16 hours. We don't want 22. We want a ceasefire now.
1: Well, they we, if they wanted to see if they wanted a ceasefire, they needed to stop continuing to bomb Israel, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, how about
2: Hamas? You first. How about Hamas? You first, yeah. because the fact is is that we had a ceasefire on October sixth, and Hamas decided yep. to come over the wire and do the carnage that they committed. So this is absurd. Hamas broke. A ceasefire. Hamas started killing, murdering savagely Israelis. I dare to say, Cori Bush, the first words out of your mouth should be, we will not ceasefire till the hostages are released. You don't take away every negotiating tool you have and give them everything. Because when Israel ceases, the Hamas fires. It's that simple. And she seems to be very ignorant. I just sometimes scratch my head. I understand political differences, different ideology. But when she says things, we only get four hours and thank you for the raisins. No, Israel has taken a break for four hours, several days in a row now, to evacuate the very civilians she proclaims that she is speaking on behalf of. So she's mm-hmm. just sounding ignorant. And they've protected those civilians with Israeli tanks. They've ensured they've even had loudspeakers announced that the the groups are any of you hostages do not fear come forward they have ensured that there has been a humanitarian release by Hamas many of these people that have left the areas have left those very hospitals that they were using the civilians to cover for them at the mm-hmm. end of the day Cory Bush just sounds like she's grossly naive and she's put spreading propaganda that Hamas let alone the Palestinian people who elected Hamas are just, you know, sitting ducks, which is far from the case.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't need to play the soundbite from the IDF. Uh, official who you know basically just said what you did. The problem with uh, with ceasefires is that there's only one side that cares about humanitarian uh, crises. There's only one side that's interested in peace. There's only one side that's going to actually put their weapons down. So when and, and I don't believe for a second that Cory Bush is stupid. What she is is she's part of this partnership now between Black Lives Matter. And the pro-Palestinian movement, because ultimately it's about power and the destruction of America. And um, I but I do want to play. Uh, for you a clip of because it's really concerning to me to see this movement within our own government. It's one thing to have the squad Rashida Tlaib, Han Omar and a few others that are pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas and pro-terrorism and with actual ties to fundraising. But to hear our Secretary of State Antony Blinken say this today, Sesame, uh, I've got a clip from uh, Senator Blinken I want to play for Jesse Jane Duff.
0: Much more needs to be done. Uh, to protect civilians and uh, to make sure that humanitarian assistance reaches them. Far too many Palestinians have been killed. Far too many have suffered uh, these past weeks.
1: What are I mean, we're basically are that to me tells me that the 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 position of the U.S. government is on the side of Hamas. Your thoughts.
2: I'm actually taken aback that it seems like our State Department is speaking out of both sides of its mouth. They should clearly be demanding that there's a release of hostages. How is it they have not negotiated any terms in which for that to happen? They are still sitting back while we know that there's over 200 people, many of them children, babies and elderly people who need medication. And yet he is acting as if the Israelis have deliberately gone in and talked. Targeted the civilians, that Hamas is using as human shields, that Hamas has planted their weapons next to in children's playgrounds in their schools. Uh, we could give a litany of examples, even the AP just a few years ago, their building got bombed because Hamas's intelligence arm was working out of the same building. This is just a dishonest argument that it is Israel's fault, while meanwhile Hamas continues to fire upon Israel every single day with no targeted results, as in just military bases or military personnel. They're random targets designed to hit anybody and everybody. So Blinken, what are you doing? Just like the Ukraine, there has been little to nothing to happen with resolving that conflict. And here we are now potentially getting engaged in a two front war because the State Department has not manipulated and used the tools that they have at hand to shut this down. It's again complacency, compliance. They're trying to play both sides of the fence because they know the districts with Rashid Talib in Michigan, the Ilan Omar district in Minnesota is a huge voting block of people that support this type of radical ideology. So they're Mm -hmm. just trying to put their fingers to the wind to get elected on the wrong side of what our country stands for and get elected by any means possible, whether it be illegal immigration or terrorism in this country, because power is their aphrodisiac. They are drunk on any form of power that they can have when meanwhile you and I know they couldn't even run a local dog shelter. In fact, that's a discredit to the many people that run incredible dog shelters for it. Uh, (laughs) I mean, really, it's like a bad example because dog shelters are actually not easy to run. But my goodness, Secretary Blinken, you know, you just sound weak. You sound apathetic. You don't sound like you understand that this is never again when six million Jews were slaughtered because they were disarmed and incapable of defending themselves by the German machine of Mm Nazis. And now you have a political party that's calling anybody who defends the Jew an actually a Nazi like the hypocrisy here. And it's ridiculous what we've seen. They should be cutting off all the student visas that have come into this country. Nobody who's protesting against our country should be allowed in this country as a student because you're radicalizing the very campuses that we hold near and dear in our educational system. I'm sorry. Their freedom of speech stops the moment they're not a U.S. citizen, in my opinion.
1: Well, then I don't know if you heard, but there are some Democrats that are pushing um, for Palestinians here on visas to be granted a protected status so that they don't have to leave. Um, this is not being done for Israels, Israelis. And on top of it, um uh, what's the other detail here I wanted to share with you? Many of these people that are now the Democrats want this protected status for is exactly the students that you're talking about, which is what I think is the game plan behind it, that are running around like the mobs at UCLA chanting for, you know, a genocide for Jews, literally using those words, not just from the river to the sea. So protected class for the for for uh, mobs. Uh, Some how many of these students that uh, that would be included here were part of the mob that chased Jewish students at the Cooper's Union, uh, the uh, Cooper's Union library in New York City until Jews were hidden and said that they felt like Anne Frank. I, I don't recognize my own country and I certainly don't think that my daddy, the Marine who served in Vietnam, I don't think that this is what he thought he was fighting for. Your thoughts on that as we go into Veterans Day? Well, here my Actually, you're going to have saying- to hold that thought. Actually, hold that thought, Jesse Jane Duff. We've got to take sure. a quick break. Can I ask you to hold over? Sure, sure We're going to take a quick break. We're going to hold Jesse Jane, Gunnery Sergeant Retired Jesse Jane Duff over for another segment. Stay tuned.
0: A.K. Dynamite in a dress or just Andrea K., whatever you call her. She's on the answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome back to this Friday night edition of tonight's Andrea K. Show on the 248th birthday. Of the my beloved United States Marine Corps, it's the night before Veterans Day, and we've been talking about the insanity going on in our government with people like Corey Bush demanding a ceasefire. Secretary Blinken. And uh, the rest, it's all about uh, the poor Palestinians. This has been the game plan since nine eleven, right? Every time there's a terrorist attack, they come to the microphones. Usually it's Care who comes and s- starts worrying about, you know, t- cautioning about Islamophobia, right? This, this is the game plan. Uh, now it's trying to act as though the terrorists are the victims and the Jews are the aggressors. That's what's going on. And I'm continuing my discussion with Gunnery Sergeant Retired, jesse jane duff and i was asking jesse jane before the break uh whether or not uh, if she could speak to whether or not this is is i don't recognize my country and i don't think my my dad rest in peace marine would say that this is what he or even patton's army fought for jesse jane duff your thoughts
2: well my father Served during World War II. My father, who actually was buried today with my mother in the oh. National Cemetery, it was a beautiful oh. ceremony. He lived till 97 mm-hmm. and she lived till 98 and a half. And they were buried together today. And I had the internment mm. ceremony with the Army Honor Guard. This oh. is not the country that he knew was victorious over fascism, Marxism, Nazis, the real threat to America. And it's tragic because I feel as if so many Americans have just gotten so comfortable under this blanket of freedom, they have forgotten who provides it to them. And here yes. we are now just trying to have a culture or a society that the left is convinced that you must call it tolerance, when in fact, those that are. So objectionable and so offensive to our values, there are Americans that actually feel like, but we must be tolerant. This is not tolerance. This is actually suicide, suicide of our republic, suicide of our democracy. We are committing a self-inflicted of not having a criteria of screening those that come to this country and yet display such venomous and abhorrent words against us. If you are in our country and you're not a U.S. citizen and those words are uttered out of your mouth, you should be removed immediately because we see the destruction that has happened in Spain, in Italy. We've seen what's going on in France. They have sacrificed their Western values because it's told Mm -hmm. they were intolerant, but yet that Tolerance is now becoming the rope that hangs them. And the Amer- mm-hmm. and Americans are about to enter that same realm because we're standing by while they're talking about destroying, crushing, murdering U.S. citizens who happen to be of Jewish faith. This is not the ideals that the Americans had fought for. The same Americans, our ancestors, that fought for the freedom of slavery. Slaves, or the same that fought against the Nazis in Europe as they invaded and were destroying and killing everything in sight, that fought against the realm of Japan that was savagely attacking our own shores. We have stood up against this in the past, but now it is destroying us from
1: within. It is, and I just it breaks my heart. And as I'm listening to you talk, I was I was also. I'm reminded of on the fifth anniversary of 9/11. I got to interview Major General Bob Scales. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, He did many reports on Fox News for many years post 9/11. And I remember asking him because we were smack in the middle of the Iraq War at that time. And I remember asking him there was if you know from the troops' standpoint, uh, do they feel like you could support them if you don't support the mission? And he just started talking, and one of the things he said was, you know, wherever the, there has been strife in the world, since the United States was created, the solution has always begun with members of the U.S. military walking the streets in uniform, risking their lives. And it to this day, it brings tears to my eyes. the sacrifice, not just for the United States of America, but for the world. And to see so much of those sacrifices starting to look like they might have been squandered just breaks my heart. Um, I don't think it's too late. We just need to we need to fight. We need to get in this fight. We need to remember as we're into this Veterans Day, we need to remember uh, that there's no greater symbol of the greatness of America than our veterans and the sacrifice that they've made for us. And we owe it to them. To save this country and stop it from being destroyed from within. And I've got to transition from that and the time I have remaining with you, Jesse Jane Duff, uh, into the election season coming up in 2024. I don't know if you watched any of the debate the other night. What are your thoughts on uh, where (laughs) the Republican Party and Trump in 2024, where that all stands?
2: Well, I think you already know my answer because you and I are kind of glued at the at I would yes. say at the hip, but glued <laughs> at the brain. Um, our left and the right hemisphere intertwined. I am. I, I didn't watch the debate, but I watched all the highlights, and I would say that there was such a blunt force trauma displayed upon the RNC by Vivek <laughs> Rathnaswamy that he essentially caused. Uh, such brain damage because they have been getting harassed nonstop since the debate because he said the quiet part out loud. Yes. The establishment that has elected Ronna McDaniel. These are all committee people. So you have two committee men and a, chair, a, a chairperson of each party in all fifty states and some of the U.S. territories, and they elected her because what happens is these commit the, the chairperson of the RNC tends to. Just have cut so many favors to everybody that they dare not betray that that individual but when you look at the results in Virginia where they ha- were seeking to get more financial support from the RNC and Rana went on national television and stated that they did not ask, but a candidate or I guess the head of one of the arms of the Virginia Republican Party said that's not true. So there are things coming out about where is the money going and why aren't we winning mm-hmm. the races? Because since she came in in 2017, we we did not accomplish what we thought we would in 18 in 20, in 22, and here we are in 23. And mm-hmm. I, there might have been another one in the middle there. These are not the results. If we are standing, if, if everybody is so fed up with inflation, uh, outrageous gas prices, uh, two pending wars overseas, this abysmal border condition with millions, mm-hmm. millions of illegals now that have surged yep. into our country on the backs of the taxpayers dime. There should be no unwinnable seat for a Republican. Nope. Now, I can understand why we lost in Kentucky, because that is actually not your normal Democrat. He is not a D.C. Swamp Democrat. He is a very popular, moderate and conservative Democrat who's done well by the state of Kentucky. So some races are not that of which you can obviously just go barreling Mm -hmm. in. But many of these others, for us to lose seats in the House of Virginia, for us to lose seats that we did not gain... For us not to be able to message well enough that in Ohio they actually have passed a law that allows late-term abortion, abortion yeah. essentially on demand, that most Americans are grossly disgusted with. Including saying, Democrats. Yeah, we've got a, yeah, we've yeah. Got a message problem? How are we yeah. losing on such critical issues? And I get it that abortion is a touchy subject, but there's ways of us winning elections without let letting that muddy the waters for us, because there's too many things that are impacting people day to day that they need to be terrified of, such as the inflation rates where your paycheck mm-hmm. can't even keep up, and the illegals that are coming yeah. over the border. Those are just two that are impacting oh yeah. my goodness, the fentanyl abuse and our degradation yeah. Of public schools. The list is endless. So, how are we yeah, losing Yeah, There's no and excuse. This,
1: yeah. There is, no excuse. It needs is time to go. for a change. It it is absolutely time for a change, but is. But she's not
2: going to go until her reelection time. She's going to not run for election again. And uh it's a two year term. And I dare to say we're going to have her till 2024 unless she should resign. And she's not going to. So here no, we are. She's not. So you yeah, have here to we win are. locally. You have to support your local candidates and you have to pick and prioritize what's impacting your community. Here's what the Democrats have mastered. They have been pro- fighting uh, for pro-abortion. We've got 30 seconds for left. 30, for 30 years. And everything's mm-hmm. a civil rights issue to them. Abortions yep. a civil rights. Uh, only conservatives were only trying to overturn Roe v. Wade. And then we were caught with our pants down, not knowing how to fight it further. So here yeah, we are. Cra-
1: yeah, it's crazy. You're right. Local level, get active, get out there. We don't count on Ronnie and me, Daniel, to do anything. We've got to take our party back. Jesse Jane Duff, thank you for your service. God bless you. And I appreciate your being here tonight, especially on such a special day for you. Appreciate all it. All right.
2: And all right, motivators, take the hill. We are the Marine Corps birthday is all the way till midnight.
1: So uh, raise a toast for the Marines. Absolutely. Semper Fi, baby. All right. Thank you. Talk to talk to you soon. And you all right. We're gonna take a tiny break. Jesse Jane Duff is gonna leave leave us, but you guys need to stick around because we got more to talk about, so don't go away.
0: Andrea K telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
1: Well, welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. Um, okay, so I'm not sure if this is the same off-duty pilot. There was an off-duty pilot recently um, that was riding in the jump seat. And he was uh, he's been charged with trying to kill like 80-something people um because he i guess tried to get into the cockpit and do some stuff i'm not sure if this is the same dude or not but you know this there's an off-duty pilot joseph emerson who is breaking his silence and says he tried to shut down the plane's engines mid-flight because he was high on magic mushrooms and he was trying to wake up from a bad dream this of course was before later stripping naked and urinating on himself at the police station um I mean is is this even remotely I mean what is this yeah this is the guy that is facing 83 counts of attempted murder um, so now we've got the the magic mushroom defense. Is that what's going on here, Sesame?
3: Mm, it's a popular defense. You'll recall that Janet Yellen, not so long ago, uh, was in China. And apparently she uh, indulged in some magic mushrooms. And then all of a sudden she started saying the economy's in great shape and we can afford to go to war twice. And everyone was like, Janet, you're, you're out of your mind. And then she said, technically, I am because I am tripping. <laughs> so, did she really
1: admit that i thought that was no, a joke no
3: no no but she did admit that right. there was a she didn't she was told that there was a mushroom dish that was going to be brought out to the table and apparently she thought that these mushrooms were benign um but uh she was wrong <laughs> and i i don't I mean, totally we, know it,
1: I, is this what we're doing now around the world is we're just everybody. I mean, this is this is how we've destroyed our culture. Yeah. That we yeah, now have yes. professionals like pilots that are like whacking their brains out on mushrooms. I mean, did they not see the TV movie Go Ask Alice that was came out in the 70s? My parents sat me down in front of that and I was like, OK, no, I, I ain't never touching a drug. OK, I just don't even understand this.
3: Yeah. Well, for some reason, it's cool to melt your mind, I guess. Um, to turn it into mush, which is not cool. And it's, it's not funny. Um, and again, I don't, I just don't understand why this guy thought if this is the same guy he took, he ingested these drugs and then he went onto a plane intentionally like 48 hours later, he said he hadn't slept in like two days or something, but he thought he was dreaming. I don't even know. You would think a TSA gate agent or something would see this guy and, and and would be able to tell that he's whacked out. So I don't even know how he got onto the plane.
1: Well, right. Not to mention the fact that he knows the rules. Evidently, he had he had been feeling, quote, bed, been feeling his grasp on reality was shaky for two days before the flight. So evidently this lasts with you for a while. Wow. Yeah. He texted his wife moments before takeoff about uh, how he just was desperate to get home. Uh, he knew better. I don't have any sympathy for him. And if he was lucid enough to text his wife, then what's with this whole in some kind of, I, I, I mean, d- is there like a delayed effect days later from mushrooms to where you go from being, you were coming out of it and then, you know, suddenly you're in a fog? I mean, this is just sounds stupid to me. He grabbed the plane's overhead emergency fire ha- handles. Um, the pilots had to keep him from, um, yeah, I mean he he almost killed everybody.
3: His story just w- w- does it make sense to you? I don't know. I just feel like he's maybe he's lying or leaving stuff out, right? I mean, you're lucid enough he to says, know where you are yeah. and to get on the airplane and text your wife, but also you think you're daydreaming and then what? Did you mention yeah. something about performing a sex act or something or thinking you yeah, did that but, like Could you could you just tell me? Like, I haven't heard that part of this.
1: Yeah, um Yeah, evidently. Well, the headline said that he performed a a sex act, but then it says here he he's got two young kids, too. Oh, that he, you know, wet himself in the, you know, peed himself in the police station. Um, So, I I mean, you you know, you're a father of two. That alone is it just you don't do it. You don't. um, Are we attempted to? He was led out of the plane in handcuffs and once in custody, stripped naked, tried to jump out of the window, urinated on himself, and attempted to basically touch himself in crazed efforts to wake himself up from his dream. What? Um that uh, yeah. Oh. Um
3: I mean you you see he, a lot of crazy stuff as a in law enforcement, but wow, that's Yeah. Oh
1: Yeah. So then he texts his wife later and says, I've made a big mistake.
0: <laughs> um is
1: that not the biggest <laughs> understatement of the world i'm horrified that those actions put myself at risk and others at risk he says the crew got dealt a situation that's no, there's no manual checklist or procedure yeah there's i have no sympathy for this guy this is why you don't do drugs right this is why you don't do this psychedelic crap You know, and and he could have literally if the pilots hadn't restrained him, he could there could be 83 dead people on that plane today. So, you know, no sympathies whatsoever. None whatsoever. Do you do you feel bad for this for this uh, doofus? No,
3: I don't. Um, And I also feel like he might be lying. I just don't. I think there's so much going on with this story. I, I don't trust this guy. I certainly don't think he's a good role model. I don't know why he's allowed to be a pilot. This, There's something deeper going on here. With, I, have, I have a feeling, a bad feeling about this guy's work. and I, th- This incident, I don't think is isolated. I doubt that this is just a one-off kind of situation. Sounds like this guy's got really bad judgment. Um, and honestly, he may just be frying his brain. I don't know if this is a regular thing for him, these mushrooms, or whatever he was on, but uh i mean you're a father of two you've got a, you're a family man and this is the kind of stuff that you're pulling uh no it's it, no empathy for that no sympathy for that at all um i just cannot believe that honestly it's, it's yeah. shocking and i don't know if this company's going to let him go or what what you can do as far as discipline goes but i mean there's just something deeper going on here with, with this guy i don't know i i Something in his in his life in his mind is not right, um and I imagine it's connected to doing the drugs so i don't know i don 't know what you do about this, but it, the fact that he's a father on top of it all just really really makes me um it it boils my blood it, i can't how can I sympathize with that that's just so reckless and so irresponsible that it's it's physically painful
1: yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, this should be really be a warning. I mean, has there been an apology uh, at wake- all?
3: He says he's made a mistake. So that's sounds like he regrets. Not, yeah. this, but what about the people's lives? He almost took, you know, is there any sense of remorse or any uh, public apology? I mean, he's very, very lucky everybody made it out of the situation alive. Um, so yeah, if I were um, him, I'd be I, on bended knee like, thank you, God. I mean, are you kidding me? Well, yeah,
1: not just thank you, God, but also I am so sorry for everybody. Who's, yes. he he expressed, uh, you know, oh, the the I'm sorry to the the pilot and the co-pilot because okay. there's no manual for this. Um, but he didn't, uh, you know, the 83 people that could have died. He didn't say, you know, I just uh, I can't believe I did this, and you know, and I it jeopardized the lives of 83 people, and to the uh, every passenger on the plane, I you know, I'm so sorry that I I jeopardized your lives. Uh, he might have a defense attorney, you know, trying to caution him against saying that because. Mm, but I don't know. Well, that's the thing. You know, legally is I, like
3: I, they probably don't want him to admit guilt. But how do you get out? Of, how do you spin this? I mean, he was intoxicated. He was on the drugs. He did try to yeah. do it. And it sounds like he's admitted yeah, as there, much. I mean, there's no. Yeah, I mean,
1: there's no way. There's no way out. There's no way to plead, uh, you know, innocent. There's only to try to plead depending on, I would think, depending on whether or not, I, I mean, you're not allowed to, he wasn't flying. I don't know if pilots are allowed to take drugs depending on the time frame between flights. And one of the things he said was that he was told that it wouldn't show up in a, in a blood test. So That tells me that even when they're not flying, because they can be called to fly. So I don't know what the rules are for that. So he didn't, he wasn't trying to kill people in the sense of, well, it depends on your definition of attempted murder. Because yeah, I guess, it do,
3: yeah, it does, right? It, I mean, he put himself into a position where that could have been a possibility. I feel, right? right. I mean, that's the thing, right. He didn't necessarily put himself directly, that wasn't necessarily inevitable, but he put himself right. in the environment where it became possible.
1: Right. He didn't get on the plane with the plan of killing 83 people with a bomb, but his actions would have killed 83 people. So I don't know, uh, you know, criminal defense. Obviously, I'm not an attorney, um, but he's looking at a lot of years behind bars, no matter how you slice it and dice it. And I don't really know that there's any defense. And it'll be interesting to see. Um what happens and what he ends up getting charged with. He's definitely a nominee for stink of the week. And that's, what we're going to talk about when we come back here of the week and stink of the week, the nominees, the runner ups and the winners. Come on back.
0: Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kaye Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kaye Show, finishing up the show on this Friday as we always do with Here of the Week and Stink of the Week. And I want to read a couple emails because runner up for here of the week is Mo. She always sends me the most fun emails. I just love them. I look forward to them so much. I love all the emails that I get. But here's a classic Mo email. Happy, happy Friday. Thank you, Jesus, for the day. Fancy Dan hopefully is in deep doo-doo. Rhonda's having a rough day. Well-deserved. Student groups ousted. Now we need to get some dirt that's hidden on greasy old Newsome. And please quit saying he's a good-looking dude in his dreams. All the Bidens in administration should be tried for treason. Okay. Thank you, Mo. Appreciate that. She sent me another funny one the other day. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, Girl, cannot wait to listen to your podcast tomorrow. I'll say it again. Cannot wait for the smokestacks in the Vatican to emit smoke. That must have been after we were talking about uh, the Catholic Church. Um. Uh, here's another one from her. OMG, loss for words. Cancel that. I've said all along, it's one big conspiracy. What I really want to know is what does President Trump have to say? I think that is in regards to the embedded photo- uh, photographers with Hamas uh, that obviously knew in advance. The, we're talking about reporters from CNN, AP, Reuters, uh, the largest legacy media with reporters as Hamas was going in to do the attacks. All right. Uh, You have some stinks and hero nominees for the week, my dude. Uh,
3: yeah, I'd like, I don't know about heroes. I'm trying to think, but I definitely have a couple of stinks. All right. Uh, well, I think number one, I'd like to propose maybe, (laughs) uh, obviously a a low one would be Pope Francis. Just my Catholic Mm -hmm. heart breaks with this whole, um, You know, approval and welcoming, and you know, of all lifestyles, like all value systems, are equally beautiful in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're carrying water for Satan and put and pushing out evil. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to me, it's mm-hmm. just such a betrayal of values at the highest level of the church. And. I don't know about my Protestant friends, I guess it doesn't, but for me as a Catholic, it, it makes sense that order is important. Um mm-hmm. and it's a it's a not just a ceremonial position. You are a thought leader in the Catholic <laughs> community. So yeah, I I'm a little steamed about that because yeah. the, I mean, five five years ago, nobody identified as trans. Now we're baptizing no. them. It's the indoctrination has happened and it's been so powerful and the church is just I didn't think they'd go for it, but Pope Francis is and mm-hmm. I just see that as so weak and so cowardly mm-hmm. and self-serving. So that's my nomination for stink of the week this week.
1: Um okay, my nominee for stink of the week is the Ohio voters. My sister oh, wow. lived in lived in Ohio for many years. And we always had a joke that uh, people talk about California being crazy, the land of fruit and nuts. And we always had a joke that the real craziness was in Ohio. <laughs> uh, I, and, and that's true. I mean, a whole lot of crazy and there nothing's crazier than, than a bunch of blue collar people. And even, I mean, the Midwestern people voting for unfettered abortion on demand. You can make an argument all day long, at least try to anyway, I'll say, that at the point of um, a fertilized egg, that it's not a human being. Or, you know, once it's just at the point of implantation, it's still not a human. But when we're talking about a nine, nine months of gestation and the baby's in the birth canal, that is a human being. The only difference between that human being and anybody else is a couple of inches. It's infanticide. And of all the good people that I met in Ohio over the years going back to visit my sister there, she raised, and I still have family there. In fact, my niece is a nurse at Children's Hospital in Columbus, and so is her husband. And to think that at Children's Hospital, where my niece and her husband and others fight to save children all day long as they're suffering from cancer, etc., that that same state thinks that children are so disposable that they can be murdered In such a manner is absolutely despicable and disgusting to me. And if I didn't have family there, I probably would say I didn't even want to fly over that crap hole state. That's what I think about Ohio. Nominees for Hero of the Week. um, Vivek Ramaswamy. I'd never vote for for Vivek. I don't trust him as, as far as I can, you know, throw Hillary Clinton across the room. But he exposed he exposed the underbelly of the rhino establishment uniparty system, especially the neocons like Nikki Haley that lying to our face and acting as though there's some some um, true American interest in Ukraine when it's nothing but an opportunity for her and the rest of the phonies to make money off the backs of taxpayers. They think nothing of taking us into war so that they can make money. She's despicable to me. Another hero is Laura Loomer. Uh, th- there are some people today that are saying Laura Loomer herself might have single handedly stopped this sham of a trial in New York City as she exposed uh, the judge, Judge Nudie's wife. His wife has been ha, – ha, and ha, fake accounts, and I, I don't even have time to get into details, but she exposed his wife and his son uh, for their far-left activities. There's, It's absolutely inexcusable. There's no way that this man should be presiding over this case in New York. And uh, there, like I said, there are those who have said that she alone uh, – because it's so egregious that, that – uh, It should be already thrown out. So she's a hero for me. And I also want to mention Roseanne. Roseanne Barr evidently spoke at Trump's rally in Florida. And my friend, Dr. Gina, Gina Loudon, spent the whole week with her. And I haven't said anything about it. Um, uh, They've been yachting together and hanging out. And just basically she spent the week with Roseanne. And then she did an interview with Roseanne today on her show. Roseanne is a completely different person than that character on that TV show. She, she's still got that crazy, funny, wacky, body sense of humor. But this is a, a faith-based, tough lady. And when she was asked what was the one thing that she's learned throughout everything that the left has tried to do to her, she said that nothing can separate me from God. That's a message we all need to hear in these dark times. So I got to give my top spot to Roseanne this week. Sesame Broccolini, thank you for doing a great job for me this week. Thanks to all my guests, my listeners. Happy birthday to the U.S. Marines. Appreciate you, veterans. We honor you for tomorrow. Sesame, want to say goodnight?
3: Thank you so much, everybody. It's been great. You can find me on X at DJ Sesame B or reach out to us at AK Show San Diego. Thank you, everybody, for a great week. Have a good weekend. Um, And we will be back on Monday with a heck of a show for you.
1: Thanks so much. Peace out. Keep your head on a swivel.